Good morning, LBC Radio. My name is Corey Rosen with the Story Podcast. Today I have on my friend and guest, Cody Kilburn. Cody Kilburn is a singer, songwriter, producer, haunting sounds for the soul. Every song is written from the gut and from the heart, inspired by addiction, love, heartache, and a return or rebirth, sorry, of the spirit. Cody is a York native born and raised. One, one can find him performing at places all over Lancaster, York, Columbia, and everywhere in between. Cody is also an incredible tattoo artist. You can find his music on Bandcamp at ckilburn.bandcamp.com or Spotify. Also by the moniker c.kilburn, right? Yes, sir. And how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Awesome. So, what inspired you to do music? Was it a particular song, particular album? Did you go to a concert and you're like, I want to do that? Or was it just kind of... Lots of pain. Lots of pain? Lots of pain. And yes, there was... Uh, my mom sang to me when I was a kid a lot. And uh, I liked it. She always would do like harmonies and stuff. and uh, And I would... I don't know, I just kind of picked up after that. My dad had a, a guitar and a bass guitar in the basement, and I uh, I took them off the wall, and I started jamming out. Yeah, what, were, what was some of the favorite songs that your mother used to sing to you? Remember the Delta Dawn. Delta Dawn? Uh, what is that song? Yeah, or The Dixie Chicks. Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Um, so you grew up more on like a folky kind of country? Yeah. Yeah, and my, my dad listened to a lot of metal and stuff like that. That makes a lot of sense yeah. though. I play your music. Uh, Cody is one of the first people who ever uh, approached me with like, he wanted me to be a part of his projects and... Um, so it, it's been really interesting that hearing that that all the music that you play. Yeah, we were supposed to play the King Street Jam. I dig the piano skills and and we got along. Yeah, got along. So when did you start first writing music? I don't know. I might have been like, oh yeah, okay. I remember it was uh, either seventh or eighth grade. I would sing because I wasn't that great at playing the guitar while singing. And my friend would, my friend Devin, at the time, he would play the guitar. And we, and that was like the first song that I wrote. I wrote, we wrote a song and uh, we wrote it, recorded it on like a Razor flip phone and sent it around. And it like went viral around the school a little bit. It was real nice. The ladies loved it. <laughs> and I fell in love with it. I've always loved music, so it was really cool to write something that we could I could call my own. Do you still play that song today? No. No. <laughs> I've completely forgot about it until now. That's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um when did you start uh taking this seriously as like a this is part I would say of your career, right? Besides tattooing. Yeah. Well, I made a little EP off the off Bandcamp and uh and uh the and at this time I was playing like open mics I was like 16 17 and my friend Ron Benway love you if you're listening um he would get me in and told me that he liked the music that I that I played original originals and and other people did too and he was kind of like the person that that was like showing people me and it felt great uh and and so I started writing more I I made that I made that little EP off of band camp or what is it called garage band garage band no not that one it was a different one that I made a long time ago and uh it was just like on a burner cd you know like i just made a bunch of burned bunch of cds uh uh, but i also fell in love with recording music then too 
and uh yeah so what was it yeah. like uh trying to find bookings for as a 16 year old did you have to like go to the manager I did, not, did you i've never i've never asked anybody if i could play at their venue or anything like that it's always been word of mouth where they ask me to do it you know i i've never really been the person to go and find them that's good it's a little interesting. So, uh, how? Yeah, would, that's why I want. I want like I'm trying right. to find a manager or something, so I can actually book gigs that I want to play, and you know, maybe cross the United States a little bit more. So you've never been on tour? No. No, I had uh, I had gone a little bit down the East Coast and played like that. You know, just out of my car. But just a random open mics you'd find? No, no, I get gigs. I didn't one. I let my friend email a bunch of places for me, and that was like one time where, uh, yeah, he re- he reached out to a bunch of places he knew in New Jersey or something like that in Philadelphia. And, uh, yeah, so I went down there a little bit. So I wasn't. I wouldn't call it a tour. Just call just, it just that road going trip. out of state. <laughs> yeah, road <laughs> trips. So playing at wineries and stuff. Yeah. So um, you grew up through, and that was, I guess, through high school that you kind of did that. Or was that through uh, afterwards? Did you ever go to college? Yeah. Um, well, that was afterwards. This specific thing that we're talking about. But no, I didn't go to college. I went to the other YCP. What's that? York County Prison. <laughs> oh, well, that's not fun. Um, so being an artist and more and more facets than one, you also picked up tattooing. Yes. How did that happen? In jail. I start- learned how to draw portraits for commissary. I learned how to, uh, I talked to, there's tattoo artists in there. We tend to, uh, be people that end up in jail sometimes. So I met a few other artists in there and we just drew a lot. I drew every day. Uh, I've always been interested in tattooing and I, I'm i pretty sure I did my first tattoo on myself way before that happened. But um, I knew like after that, that that's like what I would probably do if I could. I just didn't know how to get my foot in the door. So how did you get your foot in the door? Did you start, do you like apply to different tattoo shops or you just show your work off, do marketing? No, how it happened is uh, I tattooed, I just tattooed a friend. Like we were, it was, don't recommend tattooing out of your house at all. Actually, I I, I probably never should have picked up a lot of bad habits that, uh, that, you can't like it's hard to break so the best thing to do is to go get an apprenticeship have a strong portfolio and show off your art like that and and pretty much do the shops dirty work uh you know as an apprentice that's how you learn that's how it's 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 a sacred art handed down from somebody else and i kind of i was not uh I was not the person that did that. I was tattooing out of a recovery house I ha- I was in at the time and only friends and stuff for like 20 bucks here or there. But uh, I never pretended to know that I uh, know what I was doing. Um, so it's kind of like a trade trade, uh, yes. trade job. Yes, yes. And uh, something that's handed down, not something that you can just pick up or go to college uh, for. for yourself or get your tattoo guns. It's not a gun. It's a machine. But um yeah, man. I I love tattooing. I love music. And um they're both very sacred to me and very uh they they uh saved my life. Probably. That's good. Yeah, there's, and we're gonna get into all of that a little bit later. Uh, back to the music scene. When was your first time when you wrote a song and you were like, "This is it"? 
This is like one of my best songs. It's called Alice in Wonderland. Yeah? Yeah, I think that, that was about? the I think that was the song. It's about a girl that I was friends with, Allison, if you're listening. Uh Yeah, I felt like uh, you know, this girl was a lost girl and she was look it was like she was um, you know, outside looking in, trying to find herself and uh there's a lot we give up our innocence too much now when we're when the young give up their innocence way too young. I remember when I was uh in high school like barely in high school I was already doing things that adults were doing. And uh that's kind of how that song was about about her her her, her father was a pastor. Mm. Yeah, it's, she grew up on good morals, you know. Right. Things like that. You never know. There's always something going on behind the scenes. Yeah, it, it is, that's a topic uh, very, very important to talk about today where a lot of children get uh, exposed to adult content very early on and it really messes them up. For Especially with the internet now. It oh, is, absolutely. It's, it's gotten, there's nothing you can really do about it though. It, well, it's, you can fight against it, but it's gonna happen regardless. What uh, what do you wish that you had been? Do you wish you had been protected? Do you wish you had been taught about it? Do, what What do you think is the best remedy for that? Me personally, personally, I there's nothing I could have done. Like there's nothing that I could have done since uh, uh, I was pretty much ruined from. The beginning, we we don't really have to get into that. No. But, uh, yeah, uh, trauma and things like that as a child kind of so then what, pushed me into the way of getting out of the self. So then what has been your biggest support uh, growing out of that? Biggest support growing out of that? Mm-hmm. My friends. My real friends. People I got sober with. Uh, the people that know me, who I actually am, the people that are, you know, my family too. My family helped me help me out too. That uh, my dad, and my mom, they're my, they're not together, but they're my biggest supporters for sure. Yeah, they were both out there last night with us. Yes, they were see. different tables, <laughs> right? But still there. So is that how you found your faith through that as well? Or was that through just... recovery? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've always I was I was baptized a Lutheran. And uh I was confirmed. Uh but and I still kinda you know, I haven't gone to Lutheran church in a while since you know, my stepdad died 2011, probably before that. Uh, but yeah, you know, my faith has always been there. It just, you know, I didn't have a relationship with with God. But yeah, these people, I think uh, my spirituality is the biggest. It's the reason why I'm alive today, really. And my friends are the ones that kind of back that up support that so what um you do consider yourself a christian though right yeah and do you ever uh worship god in any way at all or what do you consider to be worship what i consider to be worship is uh just making a friend out of him you know, and uh, praying, pray a lot, meditate, uh, wait for answers. I try to, I don't know, man, it's like a daily thing. It's like when I go out through, when I go throughout my day, I try to look at where, where he is. And, you know, that's, 
And when I'm focused on that, it's all around me. And, you know, like helping people, you know, my neighbors, I see God in the neighbors, I see God in, in, in my friends. And uh, I know where I don't see God, and that's where I used to be. Mm. You know, and, um, and I try, and my garden is a place of worship. Um, my friend uh, Ben helps me out with that too, but that's what I've been learning recently. Is uh, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it, it makes sense. I, mean, I like I like going to uh, LCBC and listening to the music. Or um, my friends took me over to Providence, and mm-hmm. and uh, that was that was like last year or something, and that was beautiful. Like Rhode Island, Providence? No, no, no. It's a uh, it's a band. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a band, and uh, they were in. Spring Grove, I believe, something like that, out that way. But um, yeah, I love I love worship music, and attending them, uh, attending that, attending that. Uh, Are you ever trying to wi- write a worship song? I kind of do it in my own way, all the time. Um, eulogy is the uh, song about rebirth do you want to talk about that why is my mom calling mom i'm on the radio <laughs> do you want to talk about uh eulogy and uh see what that's up sure see what that's about yeah yeah man eulogy is about the birth the rebirth of spirit and uh what inspired you to write this song besides uh the rebirth of spirit Cause there's a story. I'm, I'm, I've been I had playing a, this plenty of times. I had a dream, yeah, of me dying. And in the beginning of the song, it says, "I borrowed your knife. I carved your name in a tree." And I think that means uh, sentimental value in in friendship and and we need to mark make our mark on things i need to make my mark on this tree so it lasts forever i know it's not going to last forever forever but it's going to last more longer than than it was here of me and we just want uh and that's kind of like how i started off like uh an attachment to the physical realm of this world is not all that we that we need we don't need uh we don't need that sort of attachment. But this is what people do. I mark my skin with tattoos. I mark your skin with tattoos. And and we've been doing this since the beginning of time. It's a very it's, it's a very spiritual thing. I think we're just trying to get out of this this shell that we're in. And and uh what what would you call it? Like uh elevate or, or transcend. Transcend. Yeah. So, uh, I kind of went on after that and talking about drug addiction, um, I burned some holes in my jeans, the writing a eulogy and the funerals for me, you know, just pretty self-explanatory there. But, um, you know, it's like, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to hide. You're in the skin that you're in and there's nothing that you can do about it. So either... Either you're going to die a physical death because of drug addiction and and uh, and or doing you know harming yourself, or you're going to kill that part of yourself and become anew again and become uh, a different person. That's what happened. That's precisely what happened to me. So it's very much like the the Christian. Uh, you know, baptism where you, where you wash away your old self and become new. Yes. So a lot of the philosophy that I know and that I hold to me is a lot of Eastern philosophy, but I know that um, it's it's based around all of the same principles. Right. Yeah. All right, well, with that said, we're going to listen to Eulogy, and we'll be right back. Let's see if the new one... <laughs> 
songs i think that one's one of my favorite to play thank you i yeah. love it too so having done many 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 gigs what are some of the highlights some of the the worst experiences what are some things that uh like out of all the places you've been all the all the venue owners etc what are some things to do for your musicians and then not to do for your musicians that you've experienced. 
Um, do not act like we need exposure. Like that's something that you can pay us with because it's mm. not. And it's a slap in the face. And I'll probably yell at you. Yeah, there's, there's, that's been like a movement for a while is that, oh, well, well, it, you'll get exposure and then people will ask, we'll give you money through our exposure. And that's not, that's, that's not how it works. Yeah. It's, that's extortion almost. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to want me to play, you're going to have to pay. Yeah. And so, uh, did you ever set a rate for yourself pay wise? Mm. It's usually like a hundred bucks an hour. Uh, but I don't play for less than 150. Mm. And so, you know, like that sort of thing. I don't really like, I don't really care about money. I mean, when I play with you guys, I need more money. Right. Yes. More money. Definitely. But, uh, cause I got to take care of you and, but yeah, I don't, I don't really have like a rate. It depends on what I'm doing. Like private parties are more. Because mm-hmm. I have to like get there and get back and and wherever it may be, you know, or um, they, they might not have the equipment you need. Yeah, but I've also played free for, um, also too for just like fundraisers and stuff. Mm. Um, what not to do? Last night sucked. Um, uh, I'm not saying that it was a a completely bad time but um there's just a lot of unaccommodating things and and swallowing bugs and whatnot is like my worst thing i hate bugs and they were crawling in my ears and my nose and my mouth while i was trying to sing and we couldn't even we didn't get one song like that third set we we couldn't get one song to actually good do yeah get through a whole song without messing anything up yeah it was it was a a horrible experience it was it was later at night by uh the water and so there was like a million and ten bugs around and uh even with my mouth shut they were still crawling in i couldn't move my lips at all i couldn't i could i was i was i was getting the yeah, like just yeah, I was literally shaking my arms everywhere because I hate the feeling of bugs. I hate the feeling of anything crawling on my body, and it just freaked me out. I was, I was, as I was watching playing the piano, bugs were literally just like walking into my fingers as I had to push down on the key. I'm like, I'm gonna kill this bug. It's gonna bug guts on my fingers, and I'm like this is yeah. utterly disgusting. I yeah, hate- so we had to stop early last night a little bit because uh, it was too much. Um, other than that, I've never really, I played at places where the people were questionable, uh, the audience mm. and I had had to, uh, raise my voice at, uh, at a customer for, um, some comments he was making and that I don't, I don't care, man. I don't, like I said, it's not, it's not about the, you treat people how, they want to be treated you you love your neighbor no matter what and uh it's some people hate themselves yeah and uh that that's also fair for like the audience what to do and what not to do well no matter what who's playing i always give like a little bit of clap clapping respect and just just the you know like baseline respect and uh granted we're not Musicians aren't asking you to stop your conversation and completely pay attention to us because we know that's not realistic. But to you know, clap and give us a cheer and say thank you, and then yeah, most certainly don't come up to us during a set oh, and start and and think it's okay to talk or or get uh, asked for your the song you want us to play. We are not uh, not DJs. Yeah, not DJs. Yeah, that's. I've uh has that happened to you a lot where they're like oh, I yeah. want to oh yeah oh yeah or they're like coming up talking to me man you good man I'm like dude I'm I'm playing right now I'm performing yeah like I'm still, still yeah performing uh would you say it's okay to talk on breaks whenever you take breaks yeah 
yeah. yeah yeah absolutely come up to me talk to me then but if i'm also if i'm doing like something uh you know like talking to somebody else like that's it's still rude to mm-hmm. just interrupt what i'm doing with somebody else and whatnot but you know, for the most part you know people come up and even if people come up when I'm when I'm sitting up there and and I'm cool with it, you know, they ask me to play some Eddie Vedder or something, you know, and I'd be like, okay, I can do that for you. You just not while you're performing. Yeah, like while I'm singing, just start it talking just, to me. It's like it's it's so weird, man. It's like, do you not like have any idea like that uh, I'm singing? Yeah, right. It's like <laughs> it's so rude. The absence of mind you'd have to have yeah. to come yeah. up to somebody maybe while they're performing, be like, "Hey, yeah. you're really good. Uh, can we talk?" And I'm like, "I'm still performing." Yeah, literally in the middle of singing. So, <clears throat> how does one uh, deal with any like these audience members that sometimes come up? And have you? Ever, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't acknowledge them at all. Just kind of ignore them. Like they're not there. They walk away. Really, mm-hmm. and I, I sure being you know being in a place like a bar is probably not the most helpful. Uh, oh yeah, scenarios. dude. At a bar, it's it's a different it's a different story. That that stuff's gonna happen no matter what. Uh, so kind of just turn the other cheek, just whatever, and just say respectfully, "Hey man, I'm playing right now. Please leave me alone." Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think? Uh, so what is a normal gig like? Is do you how many sets do you do? How many breaks do you have? Uh what's what's the timeline of, of a gig? Usually like three three hours. Uh fifteen minute breaks or so in between every hour. Um Yeah. Do you that's have about a, it? Do you have a system? Like okay, so the first nope. set I'm gonna play these songs nope. and then the second nope, not at all? Nope, it's all oh, whatever you want. It's all based on what I feel the audience wants to hear or um the kind of energy that I'm getting from that from them. So what do you typically play? Everything. Everything. Yeah. Uh folk music. Folk music, folk music, classic rock. And then yeah. I make everything else folk music. Oh really? Yeah. You have you haven't noticed? Uh, no, I play I, like some post Malone and stuff sometimes where I play like or I play like some uh other I, stuff. I know you, you turn Michael like Jackson's Billy Jean into a, a folky kind of Yeah, I already song. I already heard it folky before though. So oh, that yeah? doesn't really count. Yeah. Uh forget who who did it. Uh but I don't play it like them, I right. believe. Um but yeah, like uh Bruce Springsteen or you know um what's that some like old 80s songs and stuff just make them and whatever do you ever have to cater to a specific audience like like because uh, yeah. I, I remember last night uh one of the managers came up and said we gotta up play it upbeat well, I don't think that dude really knew what he was talking about. Uh, I don't think they liked the old school folk music. That's why I switched it up to um, the other classic rock stuff. Because uh, that's what people looked like they wanted to hear. And awesome. and people were also clapping and mm-hmm. and loving it. The boss, the dude that owned the place... He just he just wasn't into it, and he thought it wasn't upbeat enough. And it's like, well, you can't really get upbeat without drums. You can only go so far with it. And we went pretty far with it. We did pretty we did, good, yeah, with keeping yes. it upbeat without without drums. But um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, everybody liked it because they were clapping and saying that they liked it. And uh, I don't think the I don't think that the owner really knew what he was talking about. So it's sometimes as musicians, we kind of have to, it's not about pleasing the owner not, all the time. No, it's, it's about not. pleasing your, pleasing your audience. If you don't like it, that's really not, not, 
it's not um, your place to say you don't like it. It's, yeah. Because what what it's gonna do? It's gonna keep people around. It's gonna mm-hmm. keep people buying more of your stuff. Yeah, you don't just hire people. You don't just hire musicians that you like. It's not about you. Even though it's your restaurant or your bar, or your venue, it's not about you. It's about the community you're trying to build. Yeah. And if if someone's playing like Adele, some of the pop music, and people are cheering and singing along. Yeah. And then you walk up and you're like, uh, the boss didn't like that. It's it's like, what are you? Are you it's serious? Like, yeah. Do you, you want me to completely mess up the vibe here and then have people <laughs> like walk out because yeah. you know we're not doing stuff that they like? It's there has been a a. I've done weddings, DJing weddings a lot, and I've had it countless times where, uh, and granted, DJing is kind of a different space because you kind of really have to impress the venue because if you don't impress the venue, you're not performing yeah. there again, ever again. Yeah, like Nashville and stuff like that and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's like a, that's like a, you know. It's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. But um, for the for the most part, it's like listen. If the bride and groom are having the best time of their lives and they're mm-hmm. and they're having a party, I want to keep playing this music because at the end of the day, I'm here to serve them, not yeah, not the venue. yeah. And that's like that's that's problem problems that I run into all the time. I'm an easy listening singer. I sing very softly. Sometimes I can sing very loud and and heavy, but the what I do, I read the room. Mm-hmm. The majority of the people like this. The majority of the people, or this is background noise. Mm. You know, or this is, you know, just slow dancing music. We're eating. I might not even sing, you know, like just those things. there's times and place for everything. But there's always that one person that's like, that's like, uh, super entitled. Oh, you're playing stuff that's way too slow, man. It's like, well, that's kind of the vibe here. If you don't like it, I mean, you're just not vibing because mm-hmm. everybody else is vibing to it. You know, there's always that one person that's like, oh, play something more upbeat. And I'm like, yeah, so, no, this is a this is a wedding, sir. And <laughs> I'm supposed to be playing love songs. Right. Yeah. Dude. Oh, my goodness. I, I can't. So many people are like, yeah. uh, I want to hear some rap music. And it's like it's dinner. And I'm like, yeah, we'll play that at the reception. Yeah, we'll play we'll play that during the party. Yeah, yeah. when people are actually going to be up and dancing. And I'm not going to play explicit rap music when there's like all the older people are still here, all the younger people are still here. It's like <laughs> yeah. during dinner, as I uh, do, you want to be shouting the rap lyrics as loud as you can during dinner with like these expletives. I was like, I listen, man. I respect you, but I'm gonna. I got. I am the DJ here. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's so funny how uh, some venues think are like they they, some of them are really unorganized, mm-hmm. and um, it's things that you should have for your uh, guests, and we kind of talked about this a little bit last night, not not about this particular venue, but just in general, uh, some of the baselines you should have for your guests, whether it be oh yeah. Whether it be like a, a twenty bar a uh, twenty dollar tab or like a yeah. free meal or something, yeah. um, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? I I definitely I wholeheartedly agree. I think that drinks should be on the house, and I think that uh, food should be on the house, especially if you're not paying that much uh, for the musician. This is our mm. you know that's uh that's it's our, important for us to eat and drink and. Even well, even if even if you're like a more like a stingy bo- like a stingy manager, think about it this way: it's gonna bring that guy back for more, and you're gonna really develop a relationship with that musician because they know that they're gonna be taken care of there. Yeah, Whereas, and you're gonna and you're gonna make all that tip money too from that musician. That's right. That that you gave like a twenty dollar meal and a couple of beers. Yeah. So it's it's much more it's it's much more valuable to make a relationship with that person because first then you're gonna yeah. get all of their following come to your restaurant and all of their swing and pull and you're gonna get all of those people who actually you know are vibing with the music they're you're gonna pull in that money and it's it you're gonna create a better feeling of better vibe and if you don't that 
a musician may not want to perform there again because what's the incentive for them? They're going to come, yeah, make yeah, some money, man. but half that money has to go to their tab or go go to food or gas especially. Yeah, it's not, not worth it. To, At some points, it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, what's it like not having a car? It's terrible. I have a car, but I don't have a license right now. So what's the, the lifestyle of moving around? <sighs> it's very expensive. You think your gas prices are expensive? Try, Try Uber. Uber. <laughs> Try Ubering everywhere you have to go. Try Ubering to Target when you when you got to go to Target. I can't. Can't go to Target. I can't go to Walmart. It's too much money. It's going to cost me almost $100 to get to Target and back. And then plus all of the money that uh, I just spent at Target. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. Yeah, so I get... I get rides. My father, thank you so much. My family helps me out with that. And uh, But ultimately, I just don't go anywhere. Luckily, I have family that love and support me and came and go to my gigs with me. And friends. And friends. There's a... I know countless times I've had to drive you around. And I, Mm -hmm. personally, I don't mind uh, at all. It's a lot... If you don't know this, I love to drive. It's one of my favorite things to do ever. So, and like, like I said, if you ever need a ride, if I'm not busy, that is, I'll definitely take you wherever you need to go. Um, But yeah, I, you know, some of your past friends I know will always give you rides and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, Michelle, Michelle, if you're listening, I love you, even though you've been mean lately. (laughs) Um, yeah. So why don't you have your license? I love you, Sarah. What's what's the reason behind not having a license? Is it just not I time or risked, I I sacrificed everything for what I have today, man. I I I couldn't afford car insurance when I was an apprentice. I was living in a room as big as this, mm. and that's including a bathroom uh, with a mattress on the floor and a trash bag full of clothes. It's like a literal studio apartment. Mm. Well, it was someone else's house. Oh, gotcha. I just rented a small room. Uh, I died in that room. I was having trouble, man, getting uh up on my feet, but uh, I did. I got up on my feet, and but you know, like I didn't have. Hey, I lost my train of thought. I didn't have money for car insurance, so I drove my car without insurance. Now I'm kind of slow in the head. I really am. Uh, I'm not saying that to like make fun or anything. I I have issues, and I didn't know that you can't drive your car without insurance, and it's illegal. So I got pulled over, and because my registration was pulled, and so was uh, my license, and they. Uh, I was I drove without a license too. So they took my took my license for the insurance thing and then they took it for uh driving without a license. I had to do what I had to do. I didn't really have anybody to help me out back then because I I was not uh I was still trying to regain trust in and things like that from the wreckage and the hurricane that I caused. That's something I'd like to get into a little bit later once we're off the radio. Get my license, my license back in October. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a, a good thing. Um, so do you have to uh, say no to bookings just because it's too far? Or do you always say yes to bookings? I always say yes. I'll find a way. Mm. So uh, what's it like to find a musician and... Uh, pull them into your project what, what's the thought process behind that it's hard man it's very hard because i like things how i like them and it's hard to show somebody else how you like it that's why i like to do you know it's hard to find somebody who clicks so well with you and i think the scene the music scene in lancaster is so important and it's so so different than even york across the bridge in York, nobody wants to play. It's a competition. 
you guys in York, man, I'm sorry, but you guys are missing out. Missing out. Absolutely. Because uh, everybody out here in Lancaster, you know, like, you don't even know me, man. And these guys are playing the craziest stuff on my songs. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. this is exactly how it should sound. This is exactly the way that it is. So, like, over time, we, me, you, Henry, uh, Robin, when she plays with me, it's amazing. The saxophone player, Pete. Uh, man, we don't have a drummer, but that girl it's, is oh, Rachel. amazing. Rachel is amazing at everything she does. I would love for her to be on my project, but I think she's got too much going on. She does have a lot going on. Have you ever uh, played with Kieran? No. Kieran K? Oh, the blonde hair kid? No, as uh, no. the... Uh, Maybe. I'll, sh- I'll show them to you tonight when we go out to Phyllis. Um, I think you should be there. But yeah, it is it is such an interesting scene in Lancaster where literally, at, for example, at TELUS 360 Open Mic, mm-hmm. which is which also runs tonight. I think it starts at 7, goes to like midnight, whatever. Uh, so if you want to come out, come out there. Um, I'll be playing. Yeah, we'll both be, both be there, plus so many other countless talent, talented musicians. <laughs> um, literally, when we go up there, we can just call out, hey, bass player, come up here. Or if Henry's yep. there, we'll call, it, we'll call out the Henry. Henry, you want to well, go up Well, the thing play? is, we're good, too. You know, yeah. so if it was like, and even, like, and it doesn't matter what skill level you are at, like, someone's willing to play with you, man. Mm-hmm. And, and even if you've never got up on the mic before, someone's willing to help you out. You, you come up and you're like, Hey man, I want to sing. I've never done this before. Someone's gonna help Someone's you gonna out. Help you, yeah. It, it, I've never met a person that's like, oh man, no, don't do that. Don't, no, you know, I'm trying to play my own thing. No, dude, like some there is sometimes that where it's yeah, where but, it's, I just want to play by myself, and that's totally. But valid I'm saying too, like but. in York, that's like pretty much what it's like. Like nobody, nobody wants to play with each other. Everybody, everybody's too good for everybody else, and that's why. Uh, I've never gotten into. I I I just kind of drifted away from the music music scene there. Yeah, literally last last Monday, um, one of a hip hop guy. Uh, he likes he his music is more like boom bappy. Um, and he was like, "Yeah, I wanna I wanna do this rap song, but my phone isn't working. It's not connecting to the system, so I don't know what I'm gonna do." And I and I was like, "Oh, let me listen to the song. Let me." get a feel for it on like what the piano's doing and he let me listen to it and i was like yeah i can do that and just and then uh we we came up and i was like henry come over here we're gonna play literally the uh two four one progression or one one two four progression the same progression you and i came up with that one night because i was like it fits perfectly uh like kind of a jazzy kind of kind of a thing and it went really really well it was a lot of fun it and there's never been a place where uh, every other place where where I go that isn't like that kind of crowd. It's no, I'm gonna play by myself, and in certain certain respects, that's okay. Especially if like you're performing original music that's mm-hmm. never really been done before. That that's completely understandable mm-hmm. to have to not want people who have never heard your music before to play. But if you're doing if you're like doing covers and someone like I've played with. Bands I probably shouldn't have because you know piano fits a certain uh, a certain genre. Metal is not one of those genres. It's yeah. mostly guitars. But they've had me come up there and play, and it's and it's just a it's just a bunch of fun, and it's it's a teaching experience as well because not only do you get to have fun, but you also learn what you can do in the band. For example, I realize whenever Henry comes up here, I have to lay off the bass, and that's like. One of my favorite things to do is play the bass and the piano, mm-hmm. but with Henry, I've got to learn to lay off it. I haven't learned that lesson very well yet, but I'm getting there. Yeah. And um, for if there's a guitar, I got to play more of the higher end. But with the higher end, you can't just be playing high all the time because that just sounds annoying yeah. at some point. Yeah, you want to keep things in like a low, like a little like a low mid. mid. Yeah. And then just sprinkle sprints that uh yeah the higher high end. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's been a, a lot of fun and and if you are a musician who wants to get into music but isn't really sh- can't really sing or you can't really play or like you have these 
these uh, wants Urges, and, and desires ben. to and to play, uh, go out to tell us. You'll find somebody. Find yes, a group sir. of musicians. Literally anybody who you'll talk to. I make things up all the time. Literally all the, the time. I made a song up last night. Nobody had no, and nobody had any idea. You probably didn't even know. No, any I didn't. Idea. Know, I, I didn't did. probably realize yeah. it at all. Made up, I make up songs on the spot all the time, man. If you want to be a part of that, you can. And because just to express yourself, we all need to do that. We right. all need to express ourselves sometimes. Even if you're not a musician, pretend to be for a night. It's so much fun. Yeah, and, you're just going to have a. And, and the thing about it, tell us is, like, especially, that's. And uh, there's one at Shamrock that happens every other Wednesday. Yeah. That's happening this Wednesday, I do believe, at uh, 7, 8 o'clock. When you play um, with a band, man, it just feels like a, like a direct connection to God. It feels like that's what worship feels like to me, man. Like doing that and just connecting with everybody and everything in, in this moment that's just... Beautiful. Beautiful. It's really inspiring. Uh Granted, I'm not the best pianist at all. Uh, I I just know what the chords are, and I can make something up based off that. So it doesn't take a lot of talent to really make it here. Um, as long as you know what you do, and you can do it pretty well, you can do anything. Like, even, even for example, on drums, all I know is, like, the 2-4 stuff. You know, mm-hmm. boom, chick, boom, chick, stuff, super simple stuff. However, that goes very far around yeah. here when there's not that many drummers, when there's not that many, uh, granted, there's not that many drum sets either. But if you can just bring a, bring in a cajon, you're going to go, mm-hmm. people are going to, it's going to make it a so much. A cajon is a box drum. A, a yes, a cajon is a box drum. drum. And, uh, even then, you bring in maracas. You know, you're gonna add something to it, and people are going to enjoy it. And it's just a beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're kind of rounding out our time on on live radio, uh, or whatever this is. So, we're gonna listen to another one of your songs. Which uh, which one do you want to want to bring up? Do you want to bring up the sound I'm trying? Yeah. All right. So this song is. One of the uh, songs that I learned when we were we were going to do the King Jam Street, and this was a lot of fun. So did you get the Did you get the longer one? Uh, Never mind. No, it should be fine. Yeah, it should be fine. So, what is the song about? Uh, we called it long. It's e. about it's a, it's about uh, so it's it's mainly about a breakup, but. It's also about uh, trying to have romantic relationships while having uh, BPD. Bipolar disorder? No. Okay. So it's like manic depression. Oh, manic depression. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this was this was this song is is a, a somber one to be sure. So, with that all said, this is The Sound of Trying by Mr. Cody Kilburn. Produced by me also. Looking for answers now A bitch you've thrown in the towel
So, what was the process behind producing that piece? A lot. Sleepless nights, trying to figure out how to record music and what what compression is and what equalization is. And uh, it's not, that's like a demo. So, I would call it, but it, it sounds good enough to play it, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was it was kind of funny in my head while I was listening to it. I was, I was just thinking about all the piano lines that I put in. And I was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is one of your, uh, Oh, I didn't finish the new version. Oh, you didn't finish the new version no. yet? No. Uh, I'm pretty sure I accidentally deleted it too. That's okay. We can start a new. Yeah. Uh, so what is it like to perform that, uh, acoustically versus digital, digitally like this? Uh, are there any differences? Yeah, are there- there's, I, I use a lot of synths and weird noises. I like that. I like a real psychedelic folk feel. I don't know, man. It's different. It's nothing like okay, it's mine. Sure. Yeah, you know? it's, it's a different it's, sound for sure. Yeah. I have a lot of, I like Bjork and stuff like that, you know, like weird, weird, like stuff like that. But it's not, uh, I'm not saying that it sounds like Bjork. I'm saying that, like, I like using a lot of weird synthesizers and textures and, and, things like that with just like a soft voice over top uh yeah it's kind of funny whenever i'm in the studio with you you're just, you're you keep going through different synths and i'm like oh my goodness just pick one Mm-mm. can't just pick one you gotta modify it you gotta do uh play it and then record it and then chop it up and put it backwards and then put some envelopers on it and stuff whatever you want to do with it it's the fun of it. I want to get some analog synths, man. If there's anybody listening here right now, I'll tattoo you for some <laughs> for some analog synths. I'm talking Moogs, Korgs, whatever what have you. I'll take a Behringer. Uh <laughs> but yeah, man. I well, love my synths. Well, hey, we are running out of our time on the radio, so we're but we're gonna keep going on Facebook Live. If you want to follow us, facebooklive.com for, uh, forward slash the story Corey Rosen C O R Y R O S E N. What are some upcoming projects for you? Performances. I do not have anything right now. Well, we'll be there at Telus three sixty tonight. If you want to come out, it's in mm-hmm. the middle of Lancaster. We're gonna have a really great time. Like I said, if you're a musician that just wants to just to hang out and or like find something that you can fit in with. Let uh, tell us is the spot to go. And hopefully, hopefully, soon, I'll have a new, new stuff to listen to on the internet. I'm waiting until everything until I have a couple of songs together and I can put together a new EP, put together a new record, and uh, and just and just have something very nice for you. I've been working so hard for for a long time to um to provide you guys with something very nice and it just hasn't been good enough yet and i think uh, but now i'm pulling the trigger on the songs i knew the songs that i want to have on there and they are coming soon and that'll be on bandcamp at c.kilburn will that be uh, spotify at c.kilburn as well yep and uh you have soundcloud Mm-hmm. And Cody it's also Cobra. on Apple Music. I'm on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube Music. Uh, Anywhere all of you can stream music. Yeah. C. Kilburn. All right. Well, with all that said, we're going to 
uh, continue on on our Facebook, but you're going to send you guys back to the radio.